0: This is an Age of Sigmar podcast, which may contain explicit language. Because Judgment Day's not coming. Judgment Day's not coming soon enough. Hello, welcome to Heralds of War. I'm your host, Chris Welfare. And I'm Clint. See that see that's where I was hoping you would actually be like, no, wait, this is not your show. It's fine, you can
1: join, it's fine. If you want to join the best uh, best Australian AOS podcast, it's fine, mate.
0: It's fine. Certainly the first one that I'm aware of, anyway. I think it was, yeah. But no, anyway, welcome to a special episode of Mortally Wounded and... And Heral- Heralds of War. So, yeah, me and Clint are here to just do a quick kind of mini-sode um, in preparation for upcoming event we're both hosting, Um Lords of War at Moab.
1: Indeed. Um one of the first Teams events for Age of Sigmar in Australia. Uh, it's going to be pretty amazing, and we need... If we do say so ourselves. Yeah, of course it will be amazing.
0: <laughs> Any AOS <laughs> is amazing. Well, we, yeah, well, we certainly hope it will be It will be fun for all anyway. And uh, as you say, it's going to be certainly one of the first Team events, um, the first Team event I'm aware of anyway, um, and certainly haven't played in one before so i'm looking forward to it and just from a running it and it happening perspective
1: yeah yep uh so at the moment we've got half a dozen teams and we have room for half a dozen more yeah yeah so uh, definitely if you're on the fence you've only got a couple of weeks to jump in
0: and register yeah, so registration closes at the end of August, um, so only one team captain needs to register for the whole team, uh, So and we do have one mercenary in waiting, uh, which is a Chaos player, so if you're someone that's out there and you're thinking, oh, I've got three people but I can't find a fourth, um, and you're flexible with which armies you can play, then sign up now, Email um, email one of us and claim the mercenary, and you've got a team of four. Uh, So, yeah, that'll be great. Um, We know that there's plenty more people out there that are interested. We haven't got any teams from Brisbane registered yet, so uh, we know there's a lot of you. We'll certainly be chatting to as many people as we can at RCGT to encourage a few more teams to come down. Mm. So, um, yeah, that should be fun.
1: Yep, and we also don't have any teams from Victoria um, currently either. so So
0: come on, Melbourne. Come on, Brisbane. Yep and Definitely. other places in the States because the cap cities are not the only places I am aware <laughs> <laughs> Okay. so but yeah so, um, we thought we would just run through um, the matchup process for a start um, among a few other things for the tournament as there are a number of things that are, will be a bit different to a usual event at this so um, yeah we'll, we'll go through the matchup process first um, and then we'll go on to a, another a few of the other couple of uh, things that will be different and a bit of fun okay. for the event So yeah, basically what what will happen is each team is obviously four players, one representing each Grand Alliance. Each team captain is going to be given a set of cards um, for the event. So what we will have is a pack of cards which has 12 scenarios. So we will be using all six of these scenarios from the existing General's Handbook, and we will also be using the six new scenarios from General's Handbook 2017, which is coming out in a week and a half so people will definitely have had time to read those and um, get up to speed with them. So there will be 12 possible scenarios for everyone to consider, and those will each be represented by a card. Team Captain will also be given agenda cards for the five agendas, and they will also be given a card for each of their Grand Alliances just to make the um, match-up and pairing process nice and clear and easy and have a cool little take-home from the event as well. Yeah, no, I think that will be it will definitely make the matchup process a lot easier. Yeah. yeah. So basically, if we just run through the kind of the draw system, once the um, teams have been paired off, to start with, just like a normal tournament, teams will be paired at random against other teams. Um, if if any teams want to grudge another team, let us know, and we will organise around one grudge. But other than that, it will just be set up at random, and then teams will be paired just in a nor- as if they would in a normal tournament based on the combined team score using a Swiss system. So the top teams will play each other and the bottom teams will play each other, um, mm-hmm. etc. So what will happen at the start of a matchup process is the two team captains will get together and they will draw three scenarios from their scenario pack. So the first scenario will be played by the first two armies, which will be matchups one and two. The second scenario will be played by matchup three and the third scenario will be played by matchup 4. So what we mean by that is in order to set the matchups what will happen is both team captains will simultaneously place the army that they want to enter into the first scenario drawn onto the table. Both team captains will then put down two of their other armies face up on the table and that they wish for their opponent's team captain to choose for the army that they initially placed down to play. So I know that sounds a bit confusing, but if you imagine you put forward, say you're going scenario one is blood and glory and you want your chaos army to play blood and glory. So you lead with your chaos army. You know, your chaos army is definitely playing blood and glory. Your opponent wants to play blood and glory for certain with their order army. They place their order army. Therefore, your chaos army and their order army will definitely be playing blood and glory. However, they will not be playing each other. In order to determine which of their armies plays your Chaos Army, they pick, from their t- their, they pick two of their three remaining armies to go up against your Chaos Army, and they place them both face up on the table. You would do the same in terms of your remaining three armies against their Order Army. The team captains from the opposite team will then select which of those two offerings that they want to place their initial army. So say, for example, you place down your Chaos Army, and against it they put down their Death and their Destruction Army. You have to choose which one of those two armies you would want to play Blood and Glory with your Chaos Army against, and they would do the same of your two choices that you gave to play their Order Army. Whatever the results of that selection are, are matchups one and two, both of those matchups, so four armies in total, will play Blood and Glory if that was the first scenario drawn. Mm-hmm. From that process, you are then left automatically with matchups three and matchups four because the two armies that were left on the table and not chosen play each other. So that is also a consideration because at the start of the round, you will have selected. three scenarios played and you know what scenario two is so whichever army you do not pick from your opponent will definitely play scenario two and it will be the same for whichever of your two armies they don't pick so again this is a consideration you need to have when you put down your two armies for them to choose because you can almost force if you put down a really hard counter for their initial army as one of the choices you can almost force them to pick the other knowing that the army you've put down that's the hard counter will go into the second matchup And then that leaves just the remaining cards that each player will have in hand. Those two armies then play each other in the third scenario drawn. Mm -hmm. Now, I hope that made sense to people. Um, It's... uh, it's something that sounds maybe complex, but hopefully if you re-listen to this and work it through, and we will do a demonstration on the day just to run through the first pairings with everyone to make it really clear. Um, but it is quite simple, and um, hopefully that explanation makes it clear for people.
1: Well, I'm also going to add some helpful diagrams into a revised version of the Players Pack. Um, so when this episode comes out, so will the revised version. Uh, of the players pack, and we'll have a diagram there, step by step, so that it's a, it's possibly a, a bit easier for people to to get if it's in a visual form. So,
0: yep. Yeah, Cool. Well, hopefully that makes things a bit clearer. Um so then the next special thing that we're doing for the event is the agendas. Now, Clint, do you want to talk through these? Yeah.
1: I'll go through the agendas. So, after all of the matchups have been decided, uh, the team captains have to pick. Uh, and an agenda uh, for their entire side to play for um, in that round. So there's five agendas because you use each agenda uh, once through the whole tournament. So um, each team captain, um, after the matchups are done, selects their agenda, places it face down on the table, and then both team captains... Reveal their agenda at the same time. So obviously they're not uh, they're not secret. Everybody knows what everybody's playing for, um, and then that your whole team is playing for that one agenda at that time. And so what these agendas do is they just add. Um, they're an objective that you have to a- achieve th- uh, through your game, uh, and they also are used as. Um, as tiebreakers across the whole event, and they and they can influence the the degree of victory that you have in your game. So, if you win uh, a minor victory and you achieve your agenda, uh, and your opponent doesn't, your minor becomes a major. But if you've got win a mo- uh, minor victory, you achieve your agenda and your opponent achieves the agenda, it just leaves it. There, so it can shift the scoring, um, basically up or down a scale depending on how, how who uh, gets their agendas in your in your match. Um, so it's it's another little element, uh, another little tactical element uh, to be introduced into the games. So, uh, as I mentioned before, we've got five agendas, uh, which I'll just run through quickly now. So. Uh, the first one is Battle of Wills, which is destroy more of your opponent's leader units than you lose during the game. Uh, second one is Cut Off the Head, which is kill the enemy general. So obviously, as you can see from the first two examples, these are fairly straightforward objectives uh, to be done as you as you go through the game. Um So the third one is Relic Hunter, which is count the number of artifacts you've managed to claim by killing the model which carries them. Uh, If you've claimed more than you've lost, then you can complete that mission. Uh, Line Breaker, uh, destroy more of your opponent's battle line units than you lose during the game. And then the last agenda is Protect the King, which is your general must be on the table at the end of the game to complete this mission. So basically, protect your general. So... They, uh, uh, yeah, they're, they're just another little uh, tactical element that we've added into uh, the event uh, for some, uh, I, I suppose, for a bit of fun, really. Um
0: yeah it, it adds um it adds an additional layer of, of tactics um and it also means that you've always got something to play for um because sometimes you can get a game where you might think you're out of the running um if you're playing three places of power for example you've lost all your heroes and your opponent's already one point ahead of you normally that means oh, there's no point essentially continuing but actually if you've got an agenda to achieve and they haven't achieved theirs yet you can then turn your entire focus to achieve your agenda and stop their agenda and actually they won't if that happens, they won't actually win a major victory on um, on you. If they were going to win a major victory, you achieve your agenda, but they don't achieve theirs. They'll only actually get a minor victory. And when you're playing in a team setting, every little bit counts. Everything you can do will help your team, even if it's just denying the, uh, the team member you're facing um, a major victory uh, instead of so they only get a minor victory. It's um it's all those little extra elements that will help um. I think just uh, make the event really interesting
1: yep yep and if those agendas sound familiar it is because they are from south the south coast gt pack so we've decided to borrow those for this event and um we thought they were quite good uh so we've slotted them into this so so yeah
0: great. yep i think Re- i think relic hunter is going to be quite a quite a cool one just because uh it's actually something that almost those armies that have lots of formations generally are quite strong but it's going to be interesting because actually the armies that can't take formations and therefore have less artifacts are actually going to have more of an advantage in the fact that it's just you get it, it doesn't matter if you only had one of, if you only had one and you lose that one if your opponent has two or three all you have to do is even if you lose your one you just have to kill two to get theirs so um, yeah I think it's going to be uh, quite interesting that one in particular Um, and also protect the king your general must be on the table at the end of the game not alive on the table so Stormcast you can't just keep him sort of in the sky or something like that Um, or Skaven you can't keep him lurking in the tunnels Caradron you can't have him in a boat they've got to be on the table
1: They count as dead if they're not on the table, if they haven't hit the table by the end of the game
0: anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, for example, Caradron, they could be on the table but in a boat, but they're not on the table then. Ooh, okay,
1: yeah, okay. If that's... Yep, okay.
0: Their model, their base needs to be on the table. They can't be flying around in a ship. Okay. Because they can't be targeted while they're in that ship. Fair enough.
1: Yep, no, that's... Yeah. So your general must be able to be targeted in some way for him to to qualify for that. That's a that's a good way to to word that. Yeah. Yep. Um. Anything else that we desperately need to cover uh, in regards to the way that the matchups are going? Any particular scoring that we're doing? I don't believe so.
0: I don't think so. It's essentially um just. Yeah, what is it? Um, twenty points for a major, fifteen for a minor, ten for a draw, five for a minor loss, and none for a major loss. So it's st- fairly standard kind of twenty yeah. nil. Um, obviously, each each game will essentially be played just like a single uh, a singles tournament, where each player will score sports points per game and best opponent points for games and everyone will also still rack up their own individual score and there will still be prizes uh, for individuals for best in each um, alliance so again even if your team takes a battering in one or two rounds um but you're still doing okay like there's still something to play for for every single individual there um but it is very much a team's event and we are really looking for this to be a fun event where team spirit is kind of a really big part of it um and we will be encouraging kind of team spirit as well through prizes so yep okay so as
1: we mentioned a little bit earlier Uh, the deadline for registration is August 31 so if we've managed to convince you to come along definitely make sure that you get your team registered even if you've only got three people currently uh, we will have some mercenaries uh, available and uh, and we can definitely work that out Uh, and then uh, lists are due about halfway through September Yep, two weeks before the event lists are due. Yep, and we will be publishing those a few days beforehand for everybody to deliberate over, won't we?
0: Yeah, so um, make sure everyone please submit your lists um, in the correct format according to the pack, um, which will be getting updated to make it easier to publish the lists um, and make sure you submit them on time. Um, Yeah,
1: otherwise Chris may beat you for making him retype it all. Yeah. So. Well, no. I'll just
0: I'll just send it back and you'll get a penalty. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yep. Fair <laughs> that's enough. What, that's what everyone else seems to do. So. Yes. Yep. No. That's all. Um, and just it should be fairly clear by now from all the events we run. But just to say again, all armies must be painted um, to be on the table. Any unpainted models, you will be asked to remove them from the table.
1: Yep. Yeah. That's. Well, that's fairly standard at decent-sized heralds events. So, and I know that you've got something, you had something similar at uh,
0: Slaughter. So, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, we hope you've uh, found that um, episode interesting. And again, look out for the updated player pack for a kind of detailed step-by-step diagram of the match-up process um, and drawing of the scenarios. And, yeah, you can check out the event. Um, The player pack is on the Heralds of War website, I believe, Um, and you can find our event on Facebook under Lords of War, and registration is through the Moab website. Yep, correct. And if you've got any questions,
1: uh, you can find the event on on Facebook, as Chris just said, and post a question in there, or you can hit up Chris or I um, on Twitter, or send through an email to uh, moab at com, and we'll be able to help you out there. Yep. Yep. Okay. Royo, thanks, Chris, and uh, we will see all you guys at uh, Moab.
0: Yep, thanks, guys, and we'll be seeing you soon.